Hi everyone, my name is Yaro and you're listening to the Creative Ritual Podcast. Really excited to share this conversation with you. It's honestly been so beautiful and it's still fresh on my mind because we only recorded last week and that means I've come on top of my big backlog of interviews that I had recorded last year and that's mainly because I took a big break of um, from recording new episodes over the winter and so this one was a really really exciting and joyful way to get back into talking to people. Joelle runs a business called Butch Yoga and we talked about so many beautiful things such as sitting with big spiritual questions, having Venus in Scorpio, <laughs> not really finding a home in mainstream yoga spaces, embodying butch identities beyond stereotypes and finding ways to integrate spiritual practices into our lives in a way that's sustainable and pleasurable and just really good. <laughs> so I hope you'll check Joel's work out. The um, Instagram link is in the show notes. They are part of my business group, um, which has been such a joy. I'm really excited to see their business grow and flourish this year. And they make amazing memes. So just for that reason, I would recommend checking the Instagram account out and yeah, let me know what you think. I really hope that you'll love this conversation as much as I did. I don't have a ton of announcements. Um, the only thing I want to mention is that I started a new podcast in case you haven't heard. It's called Finding Movement and it's about joyous and weight neutral and deeply self-loving ways to move. I've recorded some audio practices, which was really fun and experimental. And I'll record another one this afternoon for Valentine's Day which is going to be called Accepting the Love That's Already There. So go on over to my website yaramagdalena.com or find Finding Movement by me on any podcast platform that you like to listen to. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Hi everyone. Ooh. I am as always just delighted and honored to speak to my guest Joelle of Butch Yoga. We just had such a good laugh about eyebrows and getting ready and and finding the right words to say and thinking about questions. And oh yeah, this is the first interview for me in 2023. And I'm just really excited to get back into it. Yes, to share the stories that we'll cover today. And yeah, I know my guest is so wonderful. I'm really excited about your work, Joel. Thank you so much for making time. I can't wait to see where this goes. So Maybe let's start really simple. Um, where are you in the world right now? And what is nature like around you? Thank you so much, Yaro, for, for having me here. It is, first, before getting into the question, I just want to say it is such an honor to, to be a guest here. Um, for everyone listening who also knows Yaro, I've been following their work for I don't know how many years, but several years that we've been connected virtually, and it feels like such a dream now to be getting to be having this conversation and getting to share with all of you who are listening. So thank you so much for tuning in. And I am here in Guatemala on uh, Lake Atitlan, which is Mayan land here, um, like 
very much like I am like living on Mayan land, like my landlord is Mayan. So I love that I get to pay my rent directly to a person who's of this land that that feels so good for me. And it is it is such beautiful land. I think it's got to be one of the most beautiful places in the whole world, honestly. Um, and I've been around a little bit, you know, not 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 so so much, but but a little bit enough to be like, ah, this place, this is this is beautiful. Um, the lake is considered one of the most beautiful lakes in the world. I think like Aldous Huxley said that or something. Um, and it's, it just looks surreal. It is surrounded by volcanoes. So it's like very dramatic looking around and, um, none of them are active that are so close to me. So that's nice. Um, but <laughs> really keeps keeps the scenery just so yeah I, I like dreamy um I grew up in very flat places so to me any kind of landscape is just so special to get to see the the mountains and like the land rising up like that knowing it's like the earth that that is there um yeah yeah I love it we got it we got a real nice sunny day here, so that's nice seeing out the window. Huh. That's yeah. beautiful. I really love lakes. I'm a Scorpio, so that's like fixed water. And I feel like the depth and the stillness. You too? No, you're a Taurus. <laughs> I have, so, okay, I have Venus in Scorpio, mm -hmm. which that's spicy, right? Um, <laughs> oh, same, okay. <laughs> um, I have Taurus rising, so uh -huh. that's the... Uh, the yeah. Taurus energy you're picking up, but um, Libra Sun. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad we're getting to the important questions. Yes. Like that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm a Libra Moon and Leo Rising and a Scorpio Sun, but then also so many other pops, Blan and Scorpio. I would love a, a Sc Venus and Scorpio support group one day, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh my gosh, I. I feel that I, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, no, it's, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I get it. It's really, <laughs> there's so much there. And I used to, just to speak to that a little bit, I used mm -hmm. to really see that as one of the more challenging placements in, in my chart. Um, and I've come to see it more as a as a strength as a gift you know which isn't that how it goes with the things that we think are our challenges that it's like okay how do we find the gift in that like um I was wondering how long it would be of um me talking on the podcast before I mentioned my girlfriend um and it turns out we got maybe five minutes in before um and yeah we haven't been together for so very long yet, but it's been amazing to get to like experience the gifts of that, that Venus and Scorpio energy with her to, to have a channel for, yeah, that like, it's like, I'd say like extreme passion, you know, it's like that, that's, that's part of what, what it is for me of like how to, what to do with that energy, because I think any, any energy, when we don't have a cha channel for it, it, 
it messes us up. But if we have a way to channel it, to express it, that it can be, it can be so powerful. It can be, it can be so healing. It's just been so healing to have a way to express that Venusian energy in relationship and, and feel it, feel it met. Oh, that is so beautiful. I love that. I love that we went there also. It's <laughs> great. That's great. Um, I would love to hear, hear a little bit more about your story and how Buji Yoga came to be. And you can really take this in any direction you like. You can tell us about your experience with yoga. Um, I think your master studies sound really interesting. I'd love to hear more about that. Um, I would love to hear also about maybe how this has been coming through in the pandemic and how that maybe, you know, affected things and how you're thinking about your livelihood. Sure. Thank you. So, yes, focusing on butch yoga and that that story, which it's like, oh, it's like my whole life story, basically, to <laughs> get to how how we got to butch yoga. Um, but I'll do my best to keep it keep it on topic, keep it a little bit focused here. So um, I was into the yoga side of things before I really consciously was on onto the butch side of things. Um, I've been practicing yoga and meditation for like more than 15 years now, which blows me away how that happens with time. It's just like, wow, really? What? Um, so that is longer than I have recognized my queerness, which I think is interesting that like the, the spiritual side, it was something that I was more attuned to before I got to know myself in in that way um and that I think it helped you know I think that those practices of getting to know myself in deeper ways has really opened up more possibility for me to think about who I am like for me that's I'd say the most profound spiritual question, like a strong statement that I'm making, this is the most profound spiritual question is, who am I? Just answering that question, who am I? Like asking yourself that over and over, because the thing is about that question, it never ends. You'll never find the answer. You'll never get to the answer of just like, oh, this is who I am. Okay, done with that question. No, it's the journey of your whole life. And to keep asking that and to being open to whatever the answer is and to keep letting yourself evolve and grow with, with that. So, huh, um. So with that, bringing it back to the question about butch yoga, I'm probably going to get derailed onto to all kinds of things here because it's really just just goes into to everything. Um, that so I was into yoga and meditation before I really was into my own queerness, and 
over the years as I grew more into my queerness that I found a disconnect with the yoga and meditation spaces that I was part of, that they they didn't feel like they were also keeping up with that question of who am I? You know, they seemed more like they were stuck in old, old answers instead of being open to what new answers could be. So I found I, I didn't really feel like I could be so myself in most yoga spaces. I felt like I was trying to make myself fit into those spaces. Like um, <laughs> one of the kind of examples that I, I think of with that is, which is so funny, is wearing leggings. I hate wearing leggings. I hate it. I thought I was supposed to. I thought, you know, that's what you're supposed to do for yoga. You're supposed to wear leggings. But I always came up with this thing that is like, then I feel like I can't really breathe. It's like constricting my body and it's it's more important to be able to breathe. So I feel like that's such a good metaphor for how it was feeling for me in those spaces that I felt like I had to put myself into what was expected, but it wasn't really giving me space to, to breathe, to like fully be who I am. And also over the years, I did have some opportunities to be in queer yoga spaces. And I noticed how much I loved that, that that always just felt like the best to me when, when I could experience that. Um, because yeah, in the yoga spaces, it felt like I wasn't seen in my, in my queerness. And then in queer spaces, it felt like I couldn't really be all of who I am in these in these spiritual sides. Like there wasn't really space to get into those discussions or to have those, those kinds of connections as much. So yeah, whenever I found like queer yoga spaces, it always felt like, oh yes, this is awesome. We get to have both of, of these aspects of ourselves here. And it's, you know, I was just um, reminded by, by Facebook of um, seven years ago today, which usually I, I'm like, oh, I don't need to know what I was doing however many years ago. Let's, that's okay. That's, let's leave that in the past. But today I thought it was so sweet to see that seven years ago I led a, a group here locally and it was called like Queer spiritual heart circle. And I did it with a friend and just opening up this queer spiritual discussion space. And I really see that as like the seeds of what was coming with Butch Yoga. Um, so, so long before that, but that it was like, oh, I can see that I was like, I've already been thinking about these things and, and moving in that direction. Um, because yeah, at that point in time, seven years ago, I didn't even identify as butch specifically. You know, that's that's been more in the past couple of years that I have opened up to that identity. 
it was never to speak to that because I, I feel like both of those words like butch yoga you know have like such they conjure up such like specific images or ideas and with thinking about the word butch it was like well I don't know if I'm butch like I don't have a leather jacket or a motorcycle or I don't like smoke cigars or anything like that so I don't I don't know if that's for me but recognizing that that's not all it means that there is so much more space in that word than just like this one stereotype of what butchness might mean. Um, and so as I got more comfortable with letting myself identify with this word, um, I started getting into more spaces that were oriented for like butch people, more like masculine of center queers. And I found that it felt really good to me that I loved that, that like those spaces just felt right to me in a certain way that I couldn't, couldn't exactly name. And it inspired me to think, well, what if we had a yoga space? What if we had a place to practice yoga? Because I, I've been a yoga teacher for, gosh, about like eight years now. And I stopped teaching after a couple of years and stopped like going to most other classes because I just felt like, yeah, no, but this isn't, this isn't the vibe. This isn't like the space for me. This is like, you know, everybody with their leggings and, and all the, it like felt, felt like a very femme space. Felt like, you know, people would like welcome me into like their yoga class and be like, oh, namaste, sister. And I'm like, oh my God, uh, get me out of here. Like this is not, not feeling like healing to me or anything like that. And so last year I started the Butch Yoga Instagram and had the intention of doing a class and seeing, seeing what happened, seeing if anybody else felt like they wanted this too. And I expected for the first class, like that maybe a friend or two and like a couple other random people might turn up, but I wasn't expecting so much. And it turned out that more than 90 people registered for the first class <laughs> with like no list or anything. It like blew me away. It was almost too much for me at the time. I like wasn't ready. I like wasn't ready for that level of response, but it showed me, wow, there is really a desire for this. There is a hunger for this in the community that, that we just don't have so many spaces like this and people people want that they want those outlets too like you know we have different like queer nights at bars and stuff like that and oh there's the whole thing about like lesbian bars that are disappearing you probably know about that historically too which that's so sad 
I love a lesbian bar, you know, I love, I love going out for a just wild night of, of partying at the queer bar. I do. Um, but it's like, we deserve more than that too. You know, we, we deserve to be met in, in all of who we are and not just like the partying side of things to also have the opportunity to go deeper. Um, and so in the, the butch yoga journey of like from where it started to where it is now. So we started with doing more asana classes. So asana meaning the like physical postures and the movements. So that's usually what I think people think of when they think of yoga. They're talking about asana, which is like doing like a downward dog or doing like sun salutations and things like that. That that's one part of what yoga is. And that's what that's what we started with, because that's kind of what I thought, oh, that's that's what people want. But honestly, that's not as much my focus um, in terms of like my practice and what what has really been most impactful for me. And so since since the beginning, since the the community classes that we were doing, things have really grown into more more learning ideas, discussing different concepts from different religions, um, spiritual ideas in general that that can be helpful to us in in navigating our lives, like thinking about like wisdom that we can access that it feels like we don't have so many sources for that. Like that maybe some of the closest that <laughs> I feel like I get to that, like in my day to day, aside from like my own study is maybe like seeing some text post on Instagram from a therapist, you know, that that's maybe like the wisdom that we can access is like a quote about self-care or something like that. And so seeing like, hey, we have this space to, to go deeper here. So that's, um, that's what I was really interested in. So last summer, um, I created an online course called Presence and Pleasure, which is, was, I don't know, I might be changing things about it a little bit. So don't, don't necessarily hold me to this for what happens in future realms. But what it has been so far is a three-month program focused on learning spiritual ideas from Taoism, Hinduism, and Buddhism, and discussing them together and also doing practices that relate to the ideas that we're learning. So it's not just like we're just doing stretches and that's, it's like really connecting what we're doing with, with the concepts. And uh, it's, 
it's so amazing. It feels like, you know, I think any kind of learning that we do, it has more of an impact when it feels more meaningful to us. You know, you can move your body in whatever kinds of ways, and that's wonderful. That's amazing. But when it really, when you understand why and you understand like the impact of, of what you're doing for, for your being, why, why you're doing it, that it, it can just, yeah, like resonate so much more deeply. So, okay. There's one more thing that I want to say about butch yoga before we, we move on to the next question. And thank you. Thank you for the space to just like, let me go on and on. Um, so when I think about butch yoga and what I want for that to mean to people, what I want for it to mean to me, like at a core level that I want to keep coming back to remembering this is that your spiritual path is something that you can make for yourself. Like in the same way that as queers, as gender non-conforming people, that you have your own relationship to your gender. You have a relationship to your gender that is unique to you. That even though you grew up hearing certain things about what your gender should be and what it should look like, that here you are and you've made it to this point where you have your own experience of what your gender means. And maybe that still feels like more questions than answers for you. And that's okay. I think it's the same with spirituality, that you can have your own experience of spirituality that doesn't need to be what you grew up hearing that it should be, or that it needs to be a certain way. And I think there can be maybe even more resistance to that than with gender, because it seems like, oh, no, but these religions are, you know, have these kinds of traditions and these kinds of rules and all of that. But that's all human stuff that humans make up over time. And we don't, we don't need to, like, be stuck on that. Like, something that the Buddha said is, believe nothing just because someone else believes it. Believe only what you yourself test and judge to be true. So that's not even just me saying that, that's the Buddha saying it, but like, I'm like, but I've also tested that to be true. And I'm like, no, that's the Buddha was, was right about that one. Um, because in any, I'm making a really broad statement here. I'm making a really broad statement. So let's just, just give me some grace on this one. But I think pretty much any religion has some fucked up shit in it that you should probably not believe. Um, <laughs> you know, because it's just like human cultural stuff that got put into it that isn't necessarily about 
like absolute truth. And so it's so important to be tuned into it for yourself of what, what feels true to you, how to really tune into that for yourself. And I love the metaphor of gender because that I feel like that's something that we have more experience of, of working with and finding our own truth and that we can also extend that to the way that we experience spirituality. Oh, Dale, thank you so much. I was nodding along. There was so much beauty in there and I'm really glad we made time and space for all of this. And I made mental notes, but I probably have forgotten some of them. But yeah, I just wanted to say this was so beautiful to hear. And I really agree. We deserve so much more than bars. And I love the comparison between gender and spirituality. And I think you're right. There's always a very specific cultural context within which um, information or knowledge or wisdom is passed on. And it's just so much more grounded and meaningful when we have a, an embodied experimental relationship to it and approach it with a real openness to finding truth or not, right? And I also, um, yeah, really just even today was thinking about I was sitting at my altar anyway, and I was thinking about how much that practice means to me at the moment and how it has really grown and deepened in the last few years, but also how important it is to practice with other people that feel like a community. And I think, um, yeah, as queer people it can feel hard to feel really connected to a random group of people that we join to practice something together that means a lot to us. So I so treasure what you do and um, I'm just so excited to see it grow and see what will come from it. Um, I would also love to hear a little bit more about what your own spiritual practice is like at the moment and um, yeah, how has that changed? What are you excited about at the moment? Uh, so this question about <clears throat> what my own spiritual practice looks like. It's interesting. I love hearing about your altar and you know how you how you sit there. And I was like, as you were talking about it, I was like thinking like, ooh, I wonder what you have on it. And I'm sure it's beautiful. I can just imagine lots of like little natural things that you found and huh. I've got them too. I've got, you know, just little altars set up all over the place with seashells and crystals and feathers. And yeah, that's, I didn't even think of that as part of my spiritual practice. And with this question, that's part of what's interesting was even asking, what's my spiritual practice? Because it's almost like being like a fish in water. And you're like, wait, what's the water? And I'm like, what do you mean? It's just, that's just what's, <laughs> yes, <laughs> just like, that's what's happening. And so it was like, yeah, really interesting to get into that um, of like, what's my spiritual practice? What's like my like spiritual, like orientation and so to start off, to stick with the the gender comparison, because it just works so well. Um, so you know how some people identify as gender fluid. 
I identify as spiritually fluid, that I am, I don't feel tied into any one system. I haven't committed to just being a devotee of one system because, like I said, I believe that they all have their merit, that they all have their value. They all also have their like messed up parts. So it's like, that's also part of why I'm like, I don't want to just like say, oh, I'm, I'm a this or I'm, I'm this because it's also complex. Um, it can be useful to have certain identifications. And I'd say like some of the systems that I'm, I'm more into, like the main one, I would say the main spiritual tradition and set of practices that I feel really resonant with is, is Taoism. Um, I'm holding up my very old beat up copy of the Tao Te Ching, which I've had for more than 10 years at least, and has just, the, the cover is taped on and it's, um, working with that text has been one of my main practices. I listen to the full audio book of it regularly. It's nice because it's short. It's a little book. So you can listen to the whole thing in about an hour. Like the Bible could never. Um, <laughs> it's, and it's so amazing to be able to tune into all this this wisdom in like a little like, you know, just like bite-sized, bite-sized package. Um, and huh, it's so much of what I appreciate about it is that it feels very, very fluid, very alive, like, like it's moving, like it's um, not about identifying. And which might seem um, in conflict with what I said earlier about identifying as butch, because now I'm saying, no, don't identify. And well, that's also part of the spiritual process of living in paradox, um, that sometimes things that we say with words don't exactly line up. And that's... I think one of the most important ideas that I get from from Taoism is that um, one of the very first lines is that the Tao that can be named is not the eternal Tao. And I think you can, without going so much into like, wait, what does Tao mean? And doing a whole lecture on that, because, you know, then sign up for presence and pleasure. We'll talk more about that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but to just go into it a little bit, like, you know, you can replace like Tao there with anything. The identity that can be named is not the eternal identity. You know, like, so I identify as butch and also knowing like, that doesn't completely cover who I am and it never could. And there is no word that can ever do that. But here we are in this world, we have language, we use words and we do our best to do that, to do that gracefully, to do that 
to like, to find each other, to make connections and also to hold it, to hold it lightly, to not be so attached to, to these labels. So um, that's, that's a big part of my, my spiritual practice, um, which I'm a little bit, I'd say I'm a little bit chaotic in my beliefs um, because really more than any of any like specific religion or whatever, what I believe in is belief that I think that what someone believes becomes real for them. And so to me, the it's like a process of aligning with beliefs that feel like they lead me to become a more loving person, more kind, more aware, more flexible in my being, more patient, more at peace and harmony in myself. It doesn't really matter what the beliefs are. It's like, what's what's the result? Am, am I getting those kinds of results from myself? Am I seeing those shifts in myself? Like what, what is working? So that that's, that's part of the process too, of like this inquiry of like, what is working? Because I have seen myself really um, mess myself up with like different, like, practices that are supposed to be helping me spiritually, but we can, our programming goes so deep with different things. You know, I can beat myself up about missing a day of meditation or something like that. And that's the opposite of the point. That's not the point. We can bring all of our old stuff onto doing spiritual practices. And that's, you know, it's like kind of, I think defeating the point that it's about helping us to feel more free. But if we're not coming in with that intention that any kind of spiritual tool can be a way to make us less free, to make us feel more trapped or more wrong or more bad or more guilty. You know, I think with religion, that's what a lot of people think is that it's a way to feel bad about yourself. Like you're not doing enough, like you're not good enough, like you're going to hell. Ooh, that's that's pretty bad. Um, but yeah, how can we how can we free ourselves of that more and become more of who who we want to be? So so that was all really abstract. So to get more specific, I do also do <laughs> different specific practices, um, like meditation, I mentioned. Um, and I mostly do meditation to, that's like focusing on my breath, paying attention to the sensations in my body, bringing the focus of my mind to, to generating more compassion for myself, for others, visualizing that. Um, I also do breath work. I also do asana and physical practices too, even though I was saying like, you know, that's not, that's not the focus, but hey, I'm in a body. 
it helps to stretch it out and move it and to, to feel good in it. So um, mostly I do practices, physical practices from Kundalini yoga, but I also do a practice called the five Tibetan rites, which I do regularly and also teach in presence and pleasure because, which is the, the group program with butch yoga. And I really love that one because it's just five moves that basically hit hit all the the main points in the body in the energetic system and it's so nice to not have to think about oh what should I do and just do those five in the morning and feel like all right okay I'm good got those got those covered um so yes that was my very very long and roundabout answer to the question <laughs> thank you yes to everything you said also about the guilt and the feeling bad and like if it's not liberating why do it right yeah mm -hmm. I'm really curious to hear about what you're so you, you know we talked a little bit about mainstream yoga spaces and queer communities and what we deserve and and all of that and I think this is also such an interesting point in time we're recording this in February 2023 and I'm really excited to see kind of what we're really taking away from the pandemic in terms of how we come together um you know in the different kind of spaces that we inhabit online and offline and I wonder what are your wishes like what is your vision for both yoga and um, your program, but also maybe what, what are your wishes for other spaces as well? What do you wish people knew or what comes from this? That would be cool to hear. Okay. Mm. Uh, so many wishes. So, so many wishes for, for what could be based on, you know, seeing what, what is now and with thinking of most modern yoga spaces in the the mainstream in the like more english speaking world that so much of what we see is I think of it as a microcosm of the macrocosm. So it's like a little reflection of like the bigger situation of what is going on in society. That like thinking of most yoga classes that the people there, the teachers, the studio owners, whoever, they talk about being conscious and mindful and aware. And because of that, it seems like maybe they should be doing better <laughs> in a lot of ways. But really that we see so much of the same ignorance and hate replicated in those spaces as as we see in like the rest of the world um so 
you know, I've, I've been talking more specifically about like not feeling seen in my my queerness and my gender identity, but I know that those spaces also suffer from racism, ableism, fat phobia, cultural appropriation, um, more of all of the general kinds of biases that we we see that that stop people from really feeling included, like they, they can be part of those spaces. And that those are the same issues that we see reflected in the world in general, you know, like whether it's like the yoga world or the fashion world or in movies or whatever, you know, whichever space you want to pick that we see, we see those same issues reflected and that yoga also has that same shit going on you know it's not like oh no but yoga is good because everyone is so mindful and conscious like they kind of want to make it seem like that but it doesn't take much to notice that it's really falling short in in a lot of ways um and so i wish that there was more actual consciousness, mindfulness, awareness, whatever word you want to, to use for that, of the uniqueness of individuals and the different intersections that they occupy. And I wish that there was more deep self-inquiry, like asking that question, who am I involved in yoga practices? Because I think that when people are asking themselves those questions, that they become more rooted in the truth of who they really are. And, okay, spoiler alert, the truth of who you really are is that you're connected to everyone else, that we are all interconnected, that we are not separate, that we are all bound to each other in ways that transcend our understanding, um, which is not to just say, oh, we're all one, so it's all just fine, you know, like in that spiritual bypassing way, but in like really like to mean like the the opposite of spiritual bypassing of like really to go deep into what that means, that we're all one. So how can we more fully show up for each other with compassion, with understanding, with, with caring and like wanting to give each other space, knowing that everyone deserves that because we are all connected. Because also like when you're more connected to the truth of who you are, then you're not as, as like vulnerable to the programming of society trying to tell you who you are, what you should value, what, you know, who you, what you should be like, what you shouldn't be like, what other people shouldn't be like, um, that we can give ourselves more of that space. So that's 
I guess, I guess that's my, my wish. Um, and, oh, well, that, that's more my wish for like the yoga spaces specifically. I'd say like for queer spaces, my wish is that we can have more different kinds of spaces to explore who we are and what we want beyond the bars and the dance parties, which like I said, those are very fun. I like them. Please invite me to the, the queer parties. I, I will have a great time. But, but that we deserve more diversity in the kinds of spaces that we have. Whether that's like spaces to explore spiritual questions like in butch yoga or having more spaces for like cruising and pickup play that like queers deserve that too that that we get we get those shut down too like I'd love for everyone to feel like they have more options and so then like from there my wish is that if someone doesn't feel like they have the space that they want that they hope for I hope that they feel empowered to organize that because it's like if that's something you want that doesn't exist, like I promise you're not alone in wanting that. Other people want it too. So yeah, yeah. It's like I said, I never could have imagined that there would be such a response to butch yoga, but it's been clear to me that so many other people want this and that there is the possibility to create the space that you wish existed. Yes, I love that so, so much. And I feel whenever I feel overwhelmed with the internet or just kind of a little bit disheartened about the kinds of social media we have around at the moment, I also want to remind myself how it has really become this tool and like a gateway to so much organizing that just a few decades ago wasn't possible. And I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. I don't want to overstretch your time, although I could listen to you forever. So I'm going to wrap <laughs> the last two questions kind of in one, um, which I think actually also really makes sense. So I would love to hear um, what you think or what you wish more people knew about their bodies and their breath and what becomes possible when we can access practices that feel really good to us. And then maybe also if you have any thoughts about um, yeah, just what embodiment, sorry, what embodiment means to you at the moment and how it affects how you show up in relationships and your work and your creativity, just anything on that that you want to share. Okay. Thank you, Yaro. Yes, I, <laughs> I'm like, we could keep going. I got time. No, you keep this going. No, it's just, just having too much fun talking about this with you, which that's, that's how you know it's working when when we're we're having fun with it. So that's I love that. Um, so okay, what I wish more people knew about their bodies and their breath and like what embodiment means because I feel like embodiment sounds like this like mysterious word, like embodiment. What does that mean? Aren't you already in your body? How can you be more in your body? You're already in your body, right? How do you, what? It's like, 
I can't be any more in my body. I'm already in my body. Like, but to break it down of what, what that means to me is, and like how to access that state is that it's not, it's not just some like esoteric, mysterious, hidden knowledge of, you know, how do you get embodied that it really comes down to just listening to your body, which also, okay, what does that mean? You know, I'm like, oh, hey body, what do you got to say today? You know, and then like your body's going to respond like, well, let me tell you about it. You know, um, like, no, it's not, it's not like that, but it's paying attention to the messages that you get from your body. So as an example, as Yaro and I were just coming on the call, um, I noticed that I was feeling warm and I was wearing a sweatshirt. So I said, hang on a minute, I'm gonna take my sweatshirt off because I'm feeling warm. That to me is an embodiment practice of just like listening to those small things like taking a sip of water when you notice you feel thirsty. I was just demonstrating that now. I just drank some water. Um, <laughs> um, because so what I wish more people knew about that is that aside from any kind of different like spiritual text or wisdom that you could study, the deepest wisdom that you can ever receive is from your body. It's from within you. And it does take practice to become more responsive to noticing the messages that you're getting from your body. But it really starts with those really kind of like obvious things. Like you feel warm, take off the sweater. You feel thirsty, take a drink. You feel tired, let yourself rest. And that sounds so simple, but we've been so conditioned to ignore those messages because of the situations that we're in. Like from the time you're in school, you know, maybe there was, there's like a set like time when you have lunch and it doesn't matter if you're hungry, you're not supposed to eat aside from that time. And you're supposed to sit still and you're not supposed to move just because you feel like moving. And so we have such deep conditioning to ignore our bodies and what they're telling us. So it's really like a practice of like undoing that, letting yourself listen to these messages. Because aside from just like your body telling you that it's thirsty or whatever, your body will also give you messages about when things feel right for you and when they don't. And when you practice with the more obvious stuff, like noticing your feet feel cold, so you put on some socks. Then it starts to get easier to notice the more subtle messages. Like when you get a good feeling about someone and 
you think that you want to hang out with them again. Or if you're trying to make a decision about what to do. And you can think about how each option feels and notice what the feelings are that you get in your body. That is such deeper wisdom that you'll be able to receive than if you like make a like pros and cons list or whatever, you know, like that your body really can give you a deeper level of information. Because really, so I was saying it's not so esoteric. It is kind of esoteric in a way. Like that word means like going within, that it's like inside. This knowledge is inside of us. And it's up to you to practice listening to what those messages are. And by by practicing listening, you develop your ability to, to tune in to more of what you really want. And that's like any relationship that it takes listening and paying attention and acting based on what you learn, not ignoring what comes up and not shaming what comes up either. Like you wouldn't do that to your friends. And like, it's, it's like building that relationship with yourself, like you would with a friend. And so like, I, I feel like towards the beginning of this conversation, I was saying like one of the most profound spiritual questions that you can ask is who am I? And I'm gonna, gonna bring it around because one of the most profound spiritual teachings is also so simple. And isn't that how it goes that like, you know, the really good stuff is actually so simple and it's not so complicated. Um, and I'm sure a lot of you have probably heard this before. And that's to know thyself, know thyself. And kind of like with the thing of like, how do you listen to your body? It's like, well, how do you get to know yourself? You already are yourself. How do you get to know yourself more? And this is how, by practicing listening to the messages that you get from your body, listening to them with love, not just being like, oh, shut up, body. Shh. I don't have time for that now, but listening with love. Oh, hey, what's that? Oh, okay. Yeah, let's, let's, let's take care of that. And learning from that information, learning more about yourself, what you want, what you need, that that's how we get to that deeper self-knowledge. Um, and that just has like a whole cascade of effects of building trust in yourself, building your sense of confidence when you know that you've got you, that you you are tuned into the messages that you're getting at a deeper level, that you're paying attention, that you're you're taking care of yourself in that way. I think that extends to not only your relationship with yourself, but to all of your relationships in being able to advocate for more of what you want and need, to being clear on what you consent to and what you don't, because you are tuned into that inner knowing of what feels right to you and what doesn't. And yeah, that it takes, it's really 
a lot to develop this ability because we get so many messages from society, from the culture, whatever, you know, is going on that basically they're saying that if you're queer, if you're gender non-conforming, you're going to have a hard time. You know, that's like the message from society that like you, sh you shouldn't do that. So it takes such a strong self-knowledge to, to tune into what really feels true for you and to choose to live in that truth. Yes, <laughs> yes. My dogs agree. They were just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's such a beautiful way to end. Thank you so much, Joelle. I really want people to hear that and not just hear it. I think letting this truth settle into our bodies is this ever ongoing practice, right? And returning to it. Yeah, thank you. I would just love to talk to you again. I feel like there's so much more we could cover and I love having second interviews. So if you're open to that, that would be great. Thank you so Absolutely. Much. Feeling a strong yes on that Thank one. You. <laughs> That's great. But you've been so generous and I have so much to think about and I'm really excited for people to hear this conversation. So thank you. But before we go, how can people connect with you? What are you offering? Um, yeah, where can they find you? Okay. If you want more from Butch Yoga, um, I'd say first you can pop over to the Instagram if you're on Instagram. Um, the account name is just Butch Yoga, no spaces or dashes or anything like that. Um, and from there, you can check out the memes. Um, you can also, <laughs> right, check out the memes, right? Yeah, it's like, you know, oh, we're talking about profound spiritual knowledge, but I know you're really here for the memes. Come on, we're we're all really here for the memes. Um, <laughs> and from there, um, at the, the link in the bio, you can find um, a link to sign up for the email list, which I just made a new little little something, little little kind of, um, let's call it a, a guided journey that you get when you sign up for the email list called the quest for happiness. Um, it's set up kind of like a video game to keep things fun. Um, and it takes you through a series of situations and questions to experience more happiness that's based on a set of Buddhist practices. So that's really fun. So you can sign up for the email list and you will get that. Um, you can also find past classes up on YouTube that you can watch for free. And let's see, oh, um, I'm going to be starting a podcast. Maybe by the time this episode is released, you can you can find the Butch Yoga podcast also. So if you liked hearing me talk, you can do that a whole lot more <laughs> over at the Butch Yoga podcast. Um, and if you're curious about the course that I mentioned, Presence and Pleasure, if 
you are interested in being part of that the next time that it runs, um, send me a DM on, on Butch Yoga and let me know and I'll make sure that you get the info about that. I think I think more more information will be coming out about that in March and then aiming to start that next round in April. So if you're listening, yeah, there's a good chance that um, you can you can make it in time for that one and would totally love to to have you join us. So, yeah, thank you so much, Yarrow. This has just been such a such a pleasure. Just really so wonderful to get to connect with you more. And so awesome to get to to speak to to all of you who are listening. It's really like such such an honor, honestly, that you would give me your attention to hear me talk about this stuff. So yeah, thank you. Thank you. Same. Thank you so much. The pleasure and the honor is all mine. And I'm excited to talk again. And yeah, I will link to your Instagram in the show notes. So I think you have a link in your Insta profile to everything else. And yeah, your memes are great. I really highly recommend people check them out. Thank you, Joelle. <laughs>